We're going to go to Ephesians uh, 1.4. Ethan, go ahead and put that up on the screen for me. And this is, of course, the Apostle Paul. And he said, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. How many of you in here are without fault? I mean, how many in here are perfect? Oh, I got two. Two back in the back and I should have known. Of course, none of us are without fault in here, right? There's not, there's not one perfect person in here. We talk about that all the time because if you're looking for perfection, you're never gonna find it. it actually, if you're looking for a mate and you're looking for perfection, you're never gonna find it, right? You're, you're never gonna find perfection in anybody, in any, in any human being, because even though some of us guys may think, yeah, we are perfect, well, we're not. But aren't you glad that in the eyes of God, you are perfect? I mean, you are perfect, and it's not because of who you are, it's because of who you believe in that makes you that way. So no matter what you do, no matter all the mistakes you make, the Lord still looks at us through the eyes of Christ, and so therefore, he sees perfection. No matter how you look, how you feel, how ugly you are, how big, you know, whatever it is, he still sees perfection because that's how he sees us through, this, through his, the eyes of his son. So man, just to think about that, just puts a big, just takes a big load off of us and says, boy, I'm sure glad that God looks at me that way, right? He even looks at Kyle with rabbit ears on this morning and says, Kyle, you're perfect. Yes. Man, that's just amazing. So we read that scripture and we say, yeah, that's, that's, that's me. And I want to talk about, this is called the most unlikely candidate. Now, this is not political. But we do have some most unlikely people right now, right? I mean, you can just look all over the place. And, and even, even as president, we had the most unlikely candidate that, that made it. And, and we're not, of course, we're not going there, but what is a candidate? That's, that's somebody that gets voted in, that's somebody that's up for office, that's somebody that's up for a job. I call this the most unlikely candidate because there are so many most unlikely candidates sitting right here. As a matter of fact, there's a most unlikely candidate standing up here on stage, because if you look down through history, and we're talking about Bible history, God chooses the most unlikely candidates to carry out what he wants carried out. Now, I can sit here and think, man, I know, and we've gone here before, but going clear back, Noah, Noah had a drinking problem. How many of you realize that? If you read his story, he had a drinking problem. Moses had a temper problem. Actually killed somebody and buried him in the sand. You remember that story? Moses had a temper problem. Uh, David had an eye problem. Those of you who know what I'm talking about. His son Solomon had a woman problem. Right? Let's see. Who else? Jonah. Jonah. What was, what was huh? Self-righteous problem. Is that what you call it? He... He had a kind of a hatred problem. He, he, he wasn't perfect either. The disciples, they had all kinds of problems. All of them. None of them were perfect. And you think, man, those were the guys. Those were the, those were the men that were there with Jesus that, you know, eye-to-eye -eye contact. Those guys, man, they, they just had their own whole set of problems. Whole set of problems. So there's not, there's not one person that can't say, you know, or that shouldn't be saying, I'm not perfect, so therefore God can't use me. 
One of the biggest mistakes that, that somebody will say is, you know, I was a mistake. So there's no way that God can use me. You know, you can't, you can't use that excuse. And the reason why is because there are no mistakes. I've heard that time and time again when somebody says, well, my parents, they, didn't, they, they really didn't expect me. So I'm a mistake. And they're actually using that as an excuse not to do what God has called them to do. Well, this is, just, this is just who I am. No, you see, God doesn't look at you through your mistakes. God doesn't look at you as a mistake. As a matter of fact, God can use people that just, they may not have the right attitude all the time, but you know what made the difference in all the guys that I just quoted here out of the Bible? Was their attitude, their willingness to do what God called them to do. Their willingness so I just want to talk about that for a minute. Are you, are you really, truly willing what God has called you to do? Now listen to me, those of you who are, who are part of this church, um, every Sunday, you're here all the time, that we've gone through some big changes in this church. We've gone through a lot of changes. If you look where we were just a few months ago, they're, they're building an awesome building. I wish we could have that building. You see how big it is? They're building an awesome building there, but you know that building wasn't the church, and so we just skipped from one place to the next, and we finally found the place where we could, we could start building again here in this place. And we're gonna go through, and we're gonna continue to go through changes, and I want you to stick with me as we begin to go through changes because the changes are gonna be good. I don't wanna hear, you know, oh man, what's happening here? What's going on? No, I don't wanna hear that. I wanna hear you saying, hey, change is good. How many of you realize that change is good? How many of you really truly believe that? Change is good. Okay, so I looked at Ephesians 1 through 4, or 1, 4, I'm sorry. And the word chosen comes from the Greek word eklego, E-K-L-E-G-O. Like let go of my eklego. E-K-L-E-G-O. Now, E-K means out, out. And Lego means I say. So together it means out I say. Out I say. So he's calling us out. God's calling us out. He's saying, go out and I speak forth to you to go out and to do what I've called you to do. Now, if you think about that, and there are no, listen, there's not one mistake sitting here in this room. Not one. Yeah, but you don't know how I got here. Everybody knows the story of how we got, or, or some of you know the story about how we got Dylan here. It took like, how many years did it take us? Six? Six years, that was the greatest six years of our marriage. Some of you understand that. Some of the guys are going, what did he just say? <laughs> Greatest six years of our marriage because, you know, we wanted to have a baby, so we tried for six years. <laughs> yeah, don't be not, don't be going like this to me. Dylan was not a mistake. He was not a mistake, though it took a while to get here. Now, when Brooke came along, one time, I, one day I just met Brooke, uh, Gina for lunch so that I can remember this. I'm probably not telling the story right, and I'll hear it after church. But I met Gina after church, after, uh, for lunch one time, not after church. And she handed me this thing, and she was pregnant. I said, what? 
Not that we weren't trying. Okay? But Brooke was a kind of a surprise because, and especially when we found out she was a girl because we thought we were going to have like five boys and never a girl, you know? But she was, she was surprised in that. But Brooke, let me tell you, Brooke was not a mistake. Oh my goodness, Brooke was not a mistake, was she, Gayla? You were there when she was born, were you not? I remember that. Gayla and I were in the room together uh, with Gina, of course. So, so, so even though Brooke didn't get here like Dylan did, neither of them were a mistake. None of our kids were a mistake. And if you're sitting out there saying, well, I was, Mark, you don't realize, no, God's telling you this morning that you were not a mistake. And see, every, well, let's just, let's just go to that. I believe I have another verse. You got another verse for me, Ethan? I think it's out of the, out of the Old Testament. Yeah, there it was, Isaiah 53, 5 says, but he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. No, I don't want that one yet. Take that one back down. I'm not ready for that. I didn't give it to you, did I? Let me see if I can find it. Let me see if I can find it. Where is it? I can't find it. Maybe, maybe, maybe plan B. You guys think I'm embarrassed, but I'm not. Wait, wait, I know it's, I know it's there. There it is! <laughs> and I, I found it without any glasses on. Psalm 139, 15 and 16. I, I didn't tell him to put that up there. But it says, David says in, in Psalm 139, 15 and 16, God not only knew me before I was conceived, he knew me before the world was formed. That just make you kind of go, what? What? Make you go, oh. God had a plan for you before the world was even formed. Man, that's, a, that's just almost like, what, what, what? You know, like kind of knock you, just go like this, knock your head a little bit. Go. God had a plan for me before the world was even formed. God knew me before I was even conceived. God had a plan just for me. God had a plan just for Carrie. God had a plan just for Daryl and for Jason and, and for Dawn and for other Dawn. D-O-N, D-A-W-N, and all those P, all of you, he had a plan. But you know what? You have to make the decision to accept that plan. Some of us get off. Some of us go different directions. I had one guy tell me, he said, no matter what I do, God will put me right back on track. Well, you know, there's a little bit of truth in that. He will, he will, he has a track set out for you. But you have to make the decision to go. You can't do just anything out there and stay on track. I don't know where that came from. But you can't go out there and you can't hang around certain people. You can't hang around negative people. You can't, you can't do those things and stay on track. Now, God says that we, we are to love those people, right? But to hang around those people will get us off track, will get us off the plan that God has for us. So you have to make the decision. But see, the decision is... Sometimes we got to let things go. Philippines messaged me the other day. Peter from the Philippines. I haven't seen him in four years. He said, Mark, what are you doing? I said, same old thing. I said, what are you doing? I know it was like 95 degrees over there when he was talking to me, you know. I know that I've been there for nine times. 
He said, we're getting ready to feed 300 kids. 300 kids. I said, well, how much is that? <laughs> That's the first thing I'm going to ask because I'm already, I'm already on that. I said, how much is that? He said, well, we'll feed a little over 300 kids for $750. $750. I said, we're going to take care of that. This church. We're going to take care of that. How many of you agree with me on that? Because there's somebody out there right now that's saying, you know, I would love to do that. Well, I just gave you the chance. Because we're going to feed those kids this year. All of them. Well, come on. Give, give the Lord a hand because that's what we're going to do. Okay, so together the word chosen means out I say. So as soon as God said out I say, out I say, your destiny was formed. The very destiny that God called you to was formed, and it has been formed. It's already been formed. It's right out in front of you. So think about this. God looked out at the human race and personally selected or elected us to come away from the world and be permanently enlisted as sons and daughters. Think about that. You've been permanently enlisted. When you accepted Christ as your Savior, you've been permanently enlisted as sons and daughters. Now, you guys know I'm not a lover of Facebook, right? And I'm going to close here in just a little bit. You guys know I'm not a lover of Facebook, but there are some good things about Facebook. And one of the good things was, was I got to, I've got to connect with people way in my past. Anybody else? I mean, you just, you just, man, you just find these people that you would never hear from ever again on Facebook, and I found some people on Facebook that I went clear back to elementary school with. Anybody done that? It's pretty cool, isn't it? I've even got a couple people on my Facebook that I went to preschool with. That was a long time ago. Anyway, this one guy popped up on my Facebook, and I meant to send a picture of him, but I, I sent Ethan the wrong, from the wrong, to the wrong email, so he didn't get it this morning. But this guy popped up on my Facebook, and I'm not going to say his name, but he was mean. He was ornery in elementary school. I was afraid of him. Now, in elementary school, I was really scrawny. I know you, I know you guys can't even imagine that now, but I was really scrawny. I couldn't gain any weight. I probably weighed 70 pounds. I had a lot of allergy problems. They called it hay fever back then. Had a lot of problems. I couldn't gain any weight. I was just a skinny little thing. And I was afraid of some of these guys. And this guy was just rough looking. I can remember him clear back to elementary school. And he scared me. And I stayed away from him. And he pops up on my Facebook last year, 2017. And I said, wow, man. And I didn't see a picture of him, but he just got out of prison. Yeah. Just got out of prison. And he was talking about being in prison for all this time, and he was trying to reconnect with his family, mainly his daughter. Because let me tell you something, when you're, when you're in prison and, and people, you know, you're kind of, you're isolated, you don't see these people and you get disconnected from them. And sometimes the kids are separated from them a little bit just in the fact that, you know, they need to be separated from them for a while. He said, when I got into prison, I started thinking because I was separated from my family. And so when he got out, he started connecting with his family and he started connecting with his friends and he, he and I wasn't friends, I was afraid of him, but he connected with me somehow through other people. 
He began talking and talking and talking about connect, reconnecting and things like that and what he'd learned in prison. It was just an awesome thing to watch him. And so I got his picture and I, and I accidentally mailed it. to the, And I just wanted to show you his picture because he looks scary. Still. May try and show, get the picture next week. But he looks like a Carrie Sims on steroids. He does. He just, he's just real broad, bald-headed. Looks like he's just gotten out of jail. And then he bold, so boldly said on Facebook, I want to let you guys know I've received Jesus as my Savior. He said it on Facebook. What kind of comments do you start getting at that point? Well, sometimes you get good ones, right? And so he was, he's been talking and putting scripture up, you know, and he's been, he's been really good. He's not been over the top or anything. Man, he is raw. He's raw. And I love those people. You know, those people that, hey, they still cuss a little bit. They still say wrong things a little bit. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Because they're just, they're just not religious. And I love those people. I got another guy just like that on Facebook, and he is so raw, but he's my favorite Facebook person because he speaks the truth. Man, I just, I just love that. And anyway, he's, he told everybody he accepted the Lord, and he did it in jail. I know some of them do, some of them don't. Some of them say they do, but they really don't, but this guy really did. And he said, I want to go into prison ministry. That's another bold statement to say on Facebook. Because then you start getting all kinds of opinions, all kinds of comments, but he stuck to it. He said, I want to go. The Lord has called me. He said, those are his words. The Lord has called me to help other guys just like me. And so I began trying to connect him with Chris Rose. And I hope they get connected because that's a perfect place for him right there. Just a perfect place for him. I just, I just wanted to talk about him for a minute because he just, he just oozed out the boldness that we're all supposed to have, you see, because we don't really care what other people say. We shouldn't. When other people try to pull us back and, you know, and say, you know, you're not really, I don't know, you don't really look like that type, we don't, we don't care what that, we don't, we don't care about those negative feelings and negative things and stuff like that because that's just nonsense. That's just a waste of time. Because when God's called us, even though you're imperfect, even though you're in an imperfect body and you may still have problems, even though every now and then you may say a cuss word, every, every now and then you may do something wrong, every now and then, but you know, God's still working on you. God's still working on me. God's still working on all of us because he doesn't look for perfection. He looks for a willing heart. How many willing hearts do we have in this place? Because if you have a willing heart, you're going to have to lay some things down. Yeah, you're going to have to lay some things down. I do have to say that one of the hardest things I've done in the past 10 years at this church is I had to lay some things down, especially at first... We started in Claremore and moved here to Owasso. The rent was so high, we was paying $4,500 a month. And the church couldn't handle it. We started racking things up on mine and Gina's credit card. 
her personal credit card. And we got up to, I think it was around, this was before uh, Cade and Delana and all those that, that have the finances now. This was before then. And Cade and Gene and I, we were just going, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? It was racked up to around $14,000, $15,000 just for the church to, to get started. And so the Lord said, what are you going to lay down? I said, nothing. I've laid down enough. I'm calling my brother-in-law. He's one with all the money. I said, I'm not laying down nothing. He said, you're going to have to. So I began selling things, things that I had equity in. And I started paying that credit card off. Then came my attitude. Sorry, church. You know, those sorry people. Why aren't they giving more to where I don't have to lay down so much? I'd lay in bed and I'd say, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just stewing, just stewing on the inside. I, don't know, I can't believe that I'm letting go some of this stuff. You guys are looking at me like, yeah, he's telling on himself again. I thought, I don't know what I'm going to do. And the Lord said, I didn't call them to start this church. I called you. So don't anybody sit down there and say, yeah, but you, man, he's, he may be calling me to that, but it's going to cost me a lot. I'll be right there with you. Because sometimes it does cost a lot, but it's sure, boy, I'll tell you what, when you do it, it's sure better on the other side. Amen? Amen. Okay, let's close. Did you know that Jesus' very own brother didn't realize or believe that there was something different about him when they were both growing up in the same house? Do you realize that Jesus had a little brother? And he did not even believe that Jesus could ever be the Messiah when they (laughs) were living together. You know, some of us are so, even Jesus, he, he grew up and he, and he was a boy. He was, he was growing up and he didn't have, he, didn't, he wasn't perfect as a man. He didn't do everything. He was just, he was a child. He grew up like a child and his brother didn't even believe. There's no way. I'm sure he said at times, James probably said, there's no way. Don't you ever tell me that my brother is the Messiah. As a matter of fact, he didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah till later on in his life. You know, there's people around you that are going to tell you right now, there's no way that you've been called to ministry. There's no way that you've been called to do something for the Lord. And they'll change your entire attitude to where you'll just go on with life and not do what God has called. I'm telling you right now, don't listen to those people. Don't listen. Because they'll put negative words in your mind and in your heart and you'll back up from what God has called you to do. He's called you out. He's called you out. He's called you out before you were even born. Now you might have made some mistakes along the way, but we're gonna stand up here in a little bit. We're gonna call ourselves out. We're gonna say, hey man, I may be imperfect. I may not be everything right, but God has called me out and I'm going. I'm going. See, people, there are some of you in here today that have been called to this church. God has called you out. He's called you to give. He's called you to serve. He's called you to do everything that you possibly can because this is how we're going to reach other people. Amen? He's called you out. So now we get to Isaiah 53, 5. Go ahead and put that up there for me, Ethan. But he was pierced for our rebellion. How many of you have ever rebelled in here? 
don't raise your hand, but how many of you are in rebellion this morning? (laughs) For he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. By his stripes, we are healed. Right now. Not, not later, but by his stripes we are healed. See, we are healed from our own sin. Past, present, future, you're all, you've already been healed from that. See, if you receive Jesus as your Savior, you've already been healed from all the mistakes that you're going to make. You belong, you are a son, you are a daughter of God. As a matter of fact, let's just say that together. Say, I am a son. I am a daughter. I belong to God. Amen. See, that's who you really are. That's who you truly are. That's who God sees you as. And so God's calling you out this morning because there are some people in here, and I know God gave me that last, I mean, like 10 days ago when I was in Branson. He said, this is what you're going to talk about on Easter because there's somebody in here, you've been called out. You're letting stuff get in your way. And today God's calling you out. You're just going to let that stuff go. Because how many of you want to live your entire life just for yourself? No, don't want to, do you? Man, God's got something so much better for us. So, when your flesh begins to cry out, I'm not worthy. I am a mistake. God's got nothing for me. I am not worth it. You just don't realize all that I've done. You just don't realize every, all the mistakes that I make. You just don't know. God knows. And God still wants you. He wants you. He wants me. He'll take you just the way you are and he'll, he'll mold you. He'll, he'll, he'll make you better every day if you let him. You are not an accident. You are not a mistake. God knew you before you were ever even thought of. See, God knew Brooke before Gina and I ever even thought about her. Gina had Brooke's name years before Brooke was ever even born. God had Brooke's name before Gina had Brooke's name. Isn't that awesome? Now it's time to step up. It's time to make the necessary change. There's a church in Collinsville that we associate with, and it's called Current. Anybody know where Current is? And their slogan is, Catch the Wave. I love that. As a matter of fact, stand up with me. Let's see if we can catch the wave in here today. <laughs> Some of you are going, oh, he's going to make us do something again. He's going to make us march around the building again. Some of you really like that one. We're going to catch the wave. Now, in order to catch the wave, you got to put your, how do you do the wave at the, at the, at the football game? Start at one end and go to the other, huh? How many of you can do that? Do we have a row in here that knows how to catch the wave? Oh, here we go, right here. Yes, I saw that, right here, right here. Got to get your hands up in the air to catch the wave. Well, today, this morning, if anybody wants to catch the wave, get your hands up in the air right now. We're just going to catch it this morning. Come on, get your hands up. Start waving them like this. Some of you are saying, you're making me really uncomfortable. Well, that's good. Start waving. Okay, now just wave them like this. Come on. Just start here, like this. 
How many, oh, look at, you ought to see this from up here. We're catching the wave. We're catching the wave. Don't let the wave pass you by. Amen? Woo, we're catching the wave together. <laughs> you guys look really good. Half of you are still doing it. <laughs> we're catching the wave. Listen, if the devil puts anything in front of you and he says, you're going to be sick all the time, you tell him to shut up. You tell, him, you tell your flesh to shut his ugly mouth. Tell the devil, you know, it's okay to tell the devil to shut up. Don't be polite. Don't say, Mr. Devil. Why don't you just shut up? Say, shut up. You sorry thing, go back to hell where you belong. To hell with you. Because that's where you belong. Catch the wave. Because when things are in the way, the wave's going to pass you by. So I'm calling you out this morning. God's calling you out this morning because he's already called you. I'm just reminding you what God's already done. That's what I do every time I get up here. I'm just reminding you what God's already done. God's called you out. And he's releasing you this morning to do what he's called you to do. He's telling some of you that you're going to have to let some things go. But I promise you right now that even though it seems difficult to let those things go, it'll be so much better after you let them go. There's going to be so much, so less of strife in your life, so less stress in your life because you've actually decided this is what I'm called to do. Amen? Ooh, God's good. Let's pray together. Father, we just thank you right now that we're catching the wave. I mean, we're catching it. We put our hands up and we caught that wave together. Father, some people may think we look foolish. There may be people in here that says, well, that's foolish. Well, Father, I pray that they just let their flesh go. And they let, you, they let you work within them. Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit right now that resides each and every, in each and every born-again believer in this room. And Father, as you have already called them, I stand up here, sir, pastor, and I'm calling them out. Father, I'm calling givers in this place. Father, I'm calling people that, I'm calling workers in this place. They're not saying I'm too good for that or I'm not good enough. That they, they know this is where they're called and this is where they serve. This is where they give. Father, I'm calling that $750 that we need to feed all those kids from these servants, from these workers in this place, from these givers. Oh, Father, I just thank you right now of what you're doing in this room. Father, most of all, if there's one person, if there's at least one person in this room and they've been listening to me for, for the past few minutes and they said, you know, I really don't know what he's talking about because I haven't received Jesus as my Savior. And if there's one person in this room, I pray that they're listening to me right now. Because if that's you, that you can receive Christ right where you stand. Right where you stand. And I'm just going to pray with you this morning. If that's you, then, then I want you to say this prayer with me. As a matter of fact, would everybody say this with me this morning? Let's just pray this together. Father God, I thank you for your son Jesus who died on the cross for me and arose again because he knew me before I was born. I received Jesus as my Savior right now. I know that you have forgiven me for all my sins. 
and cleansed me from all unrighteousness. I am born again. I am part of God's family. I am a son or daughter of God. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a shout one more time. Come on.